why you should not publish audio podcasts on YouTube. Welcome to the Audacity to Podcast, episode 332. Thank you for joining me for the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is the award-winning in-depth podcast about podcasting. It's where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to launch and improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. Many podcasting tools these days offer the ability to automatically cross-post your audio podcast to YouTube, but I don't think you should do that. And I have 11 reasons I think you should not be doing that. And these are reasons that you should really take into consideration if you care about YouTube and if you care about people who are using YouTube. If you'd like to follow along in the show notes for episode 332, then tap inside your app or go to theaudacitypodcast.com slash fake video. And I really think you're going to want to look at the show notes for this episode because not only do I have the entire outline, these notes, some of the links, But I also include some screenshots, some really exciting charts, too, if you really like charts. But you might want to see these charts as I describe some of these numbers to you. So either tap inside your app if it lets you see the images or go to theaudacitytopodcast.com slash fake video. And you're going to hear me use this term fake video quite often. I came up with this even before we had the whole fake news thing. This is what I use to describe what I see many podcasters making when they put their audio podcasts on YouTube. This is when they take the whole audio of their episode, put it into some video program or use some kind of tool that then turns that audio into a video, but it has either a simple single static image, maybe it's animated a little bit, or maybe it's a few images, but it's essentially audio with pixel dimensions and a frame rate. It's not anything you would actually sit and watch. It's only something you would listen to. Now, I'm not talking about audiograms. Those are the short animated videos where you see like an animated waveform or animated captions or something like that. And those are very short, usually 10, 15, 30 seconds. They're entirely separate from this. And I think those nice short videos like you can make with Get Audiogram or Spare Men's Audiogram Creator or Wave or other tools like that, I think those are good. And that's completely separate from this. So these reasons I'm going to share with you are about using the fake video approach, putting an audio podcast in its entirety onto YouTube as a fake video. Follow along in the show notes inside your app or go to the audacitytopodcast.com slash fake video. Number one, the supporting reasons are mostly misunderstood and short term. I usually hear four different reasons for publishing fake video on YouTube. First, to make your content discoverable on Google and YouTube. Well, that's maybe true, but only at first. It will soon be demoted and might not show up at all in search results. Second reason I often hear is it's easy and maybe even automated with these publishing tools. But simply because something is easy doesn't mean it's good to do. Reason number three I often hear it reaches a non podcast audience. And this is true, but it's reaching them so ineffectively you might not see any positive results. And reason number four it can't hurt. Well, actually, it can hurt. 
And you'll understand that then from the rest of the points I'll be sharing in this episode. So that's number one reason you should not publish audio podcasts on YouTube. The supporting reasons are mostly misunderstood and short-term. Number two, it's abusing the platform. YouTube is a video platform. It's designed for videos. When people search or browse YouTube, they expect to watch videos. Posting fake video goes against that simple premise of video, something that can be watched. Consider these other things, for example. If someone writes a long blog post, they take a screenshot of that long blog post, they crop it to a square image, and then they share that image on Instagram, we'd probably consider that abusing the platform because they put their entire blog post in this tiny little image you can't even read. Or what if also on Instagram, someone makes a completely blank image, uploads it to Instagram only so they can write a long blog post along with that image? We would probably also consider that abusing the platform. Or if someone releases a series of silent podcast episodes only so they can put out the titles in podcast apps and make their podcast findable with these additional titles, but there's no actual content along with those episodes, we would probably consider that abusing the platform. And therefore, If someone publishes only audio, but no video, on a video-based platform, I think we should also consider that abusing the platform. This is not an effective technique for sharing content appropriate to that platform. This is more like, like a black hat hack with kind of like a bait and switch aspect to it. I see this as abusing the platform. It's not going to help you. That's number two. Reason number three, the view stats are meaningless. In episode 330, I talked about podcasting stats that are meaningless because they don't tell you any actual information or truth. And there's a similar thing with YouTube. If you publish a fake video or you see other fake videos, you may initially think it's a success because of these amazing view counts. But like downloads per time that I talked about in that episode about meaningless stats, view counts also don't tell the whole story and are thus a meaningless stat. Social networks count something as a view after different amounts of time. That could be three seconds, seven seconds. YouTube seems to have a 30 second threshold before it counts anything as a view. So someone could watch a video for only 30 seconds and it would be counted as a view. But if your video is as short as a few minutes or much longer, watching only 30 seconds of it, or actually I should say playing only 30 seconds of it, is really meaningless to the actual consumption. Think of it like a local store, whether that's Walmart, Target, anything like that. The way YouTube and other social networks work, they would count you as a customer every time you simply drive by and look at the store. Because you were thinking about it. You recognized, oh yeah, that's a store there. They would count that as a customer if they were using these YouTube measurements. But were you really a customer if you didn't at least go inside the store or a customer at that moment? Contrast that with the nature of podcast downloads and podcast consumption. This is more like counting everyone who entered the store, not merely looked at it, but actually went in. And true, maybe not everyone who goes into a store stays in for very long or even buys anything at all, but the majority of people who go into the store do buy something. 
and they were still a customer by entering and behaving like a customer. So in the podcast measurement space, when we're measuring downloads, we know that the behavior of podcast consumers is that they generally listen to or watch what they download. So it's very fair to measure those downloads. I've seen data on some fake videos that seemed highly successful. And in one particular case, on one of the podcasts on my network, Resurrection Revealed, they experimented with a whole season of uploading their podcast episodes as fake videos to YouTube. And their most popular video had nearly 23,000 views on one video. That sounds impressive. But the real truth is in the retention stats, not the view counts. I have a screenshot of this in the show notes at the audacitypodcast.com slash fake video. You'll see that the average view duration was only 3.4% or one minute and 13 seconds of this approximately 35 minute long video. And also you'll see that 90% of the audience was gone within 90 seconds of this video. It's probably about how long it took them to realize, oh, this isn't a video. This is only audio. I'm not interested in listening to something on YouTube and they leave and abandon it. But they were still counted because they were there for more than 30 seconds. I wonder how many people were there for fewer than 30 seconds. That number is probably in the hundreds of thousands, but they abandoned it so quickly that YouTube didn't even count them as a view. All data that I've seen from multiple sources, not only from my own channels, but from other channels as well, show that most fake videos lose 90 to 95% of the audience within the first 90 seconds. And often after five minutes, many of these fake videos will only have one to 3% left of the audience. Interestingly, this does seem to be different for different countries, but that does make sense because other countries may not be as familiar with podcast consumption or may not even have access to download podcast episodes depending on their country's firewalls and certain issues like that. So YouTube could be their only way to get to the content or it may be the only way they know about getting to the content. But even then, those consumption numbers are so low that it might not be worth it. The main point here, number three, is that view stats are meaningless. If you see one of your fake videos are getting tens of thousands of views, look deeper. And don't even share that number, please, because now that you and others will have heard this episode, you'll know that that view count number is a meaningless number and it it does not at all tell the truth. The actual truth is in your retention stats. And you can look at this when you click onto a video in your YouTube stats and you look at the audience retention stats for it. You can see how many people actually stayed beyond certain points or what percentage of the video they watched on average. And you might be thinking that, well, even a small percentage of a very big number could still be a potentially big number, but not really. You have to look at the long-term results of this. And especially the later videos published from this one particular channel averaged only about 200 views. Now they did jump here and there, but as I'll share in a little bit in this episode, those numbers significantly dropped in the actual view counts. But again, view counts are quite meaningless. But when you look at those later videos with about 200 views on average, you might think that that had then filtered down to the loyal fake video consumers. That even though 23,000 people watched the first video, 
200 people decided to stick around and consume these fake videos. Well, retention rates were indeed better on those later videos, but this time it only took four minutes for 85 to 90 percent of that, quote, loyal, unquote, audience to abandon the video. So percentage-wise, that's nicer than the 23,000, where 90 to 95% of the audience had left within 90 seconds, but it's still not a great number. The resulting audience who did then stay to consume the majority of the video ended up being only 6 to 8% of that total view count, and that view count now is significantly lower. Thus, only about 16 people benefited from that fake video. That's 16 out of an initial audience of nearly 23,000 on one video, 23,000. That could be an even bigger number when you factor in how many people might have seen the video for fewer than 30 seconds, or how many people saw later videos, some of them getting 10,000 or 7,000 or a couple thousand views. Those might have been different people. But even if you look at it only from that initial video, the audience that these fake videos retained being only 16 out of 23,000. That is 0.06%. It's not even a tenth of a percentage of the audience. The view counts don't tell the whole story. You really have to look at the retention stats. And you'll see that the retention on these fake videos, both the retention across your multiple videos, as well as the retention within a single video, is absolutely horrible. That's number three. The view stats are meaningless. Number four, engagement rates are horrible. If you dismiss the meaningless view counts, you must measure other forms of engagement, namely retention, likes, comments, subscriptions, click-throughs, and shares. Those are the common metrics on YouTube. And looking at fake videos on YouTube, you might, again, see those really impressive view counts, but you need to look deeper. In this particular video, with nearly 23,000 views, that is, views over 30 seconds, it had only 35 likes, 24 comments, 2 shares, 18 new subscribers, and 19 dislikes. 18 new subscribers. 18 out of 23 thousand that's 0.07 percent of the audience who saw it initially saw it only 0.07 percent subscribed not even a tenth of a percent that's pretty pathetic fake videos show horrible engagement in all of these metrics and i see this on a regular basis with other videos that have more than 20,000 quote views unquote They only receive a few likes or a few subscriptions and maybe even no comments at all. And this shouldn't be surprising when you consider that almost all of the audience is gone within a few minutes, maybe even within the first 90 seconds. But even of the small number of remaining viewers, they still don't engage with the fake videos. I've got another chart in the show notes at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash fake video that shows the first 15 episodes of this podcast that was publishing fake videos on YouTube. The first episode seemed like it got some good engagement, unless you compare it to that large 23,000 views number. But then the episodes after that, you see the engagement drop, but even the raw numbers of engagement are pathetic. I get more engagement than this 
on talking head videos that were recorded live. Engagement rates are horrible on fake video. That's number four. Number five, your channels and videos rankings will be demoted. The top reason I hear people advocate for fake videos is that they make the content show up in search rankings. And that may be true at first, but it doesn't last. Furthermore, the consequences can prevent future videos from ever ranking in search. YouTube, which remember is owned by Google, uses several factors to measure a video's popularity and thus rank it in search results. They are generally using all of those same engagement metrics, retention, likes, comments, subscriptions, and click-throughs. And they're looking at these to see how legitimate is this video or how worthy is this video of being ranked and actually showing up in search results? How likely is it that other people will actually want to watch this video based on the people who have already, quote, watched, unquote, this video? So retention, if most people quickly abandon the video, it's probably not worth ranking. Likes and comments. If no one is interacting with the video, it's probably not worth ranking. Subscriptions. If no one is subscribing to the channel as a result of the video, it's probably not worth ranking. Click-throughs. If no one is clicking through to other videos and staying engaged on YouTube, which is one of their really big goals, the video is probably not worth ranking. Fake videos perform notoriously low on all these metrics, and consequently, Google's algorithms will consider the video a waste and demote it in the rankings. So whether that's Google search results or YouTube search results, they're tying them together. That video may never show up because Google and YouTube will decide no one else wants this video, so why should we recommend it to anyone else? Could you imagine my recommending a doctor this same way? as we might expect Google to recommend fake videos. And if I'm saying to you, oh yeah, you should go see this doctor. Um, I don't actually know anyone else who ever sees him. I haven't seen him. And he's not a very good doctor anyway, but you should go see him. (laughs) That's not the kind of advice you'd be looking for. And that's why Google doesn't recommend fake videos. And they very quickly start to demote the fake videos, especially as you publish more and more of them. That's number five. Number six. YouTube doesn't like you're making people leave. Google wants people to stay on YouTube. It's easy to waste hours and hours on YouTube because it was designed with exactly the scientifically proven tactics to get you to stay on YouTube. Even when I was first preparing this episode, I got sucked into watching video after video after video after video, all real videos, by the way. I was sucked in because they designed it to suck you right back in, kind of like the mafia too. So if you create content that doesn't encourage that behavior, YouTube won't like it. If you're making people leave YouTube, either because your content is so bad and people decide, ugh, I better just get back to work. I enjoy my dead-end job more than this horrible thing. Or maybe you're making them leave YouTube by taking them to a different website, like your own website or your podcast in a podcast app, when they see you doing this, they'll either demote your video or sometimes even find other ways you might be violating the community guidelines, which I'll quote from in a little bit as it's more relevant to another point. This is number six. YouTube doesn't like your making people leave. Number seven, content ID gives content owners control over your videos. 
When you upload a video with any copyrighted material, regardless of how you use it, whether it's fair use or you're commenting on it or it's parody or anything like that, YouTube's advanced bots will recognize and flag it with their content ID system. This then notifies the copyright holder, or maybe the copyright holder has some rules already in place, and then they control many things about your video. So if your content is flagged by content ID, the copyright holder can keep your monetization, or if they're feeling generous, they can share the monetization with you, but most of the time they probably keep it all to themselves. They can also choose to block your video from displaying in some countries or worldwide. They can choose to block your video from certain platforms such as mobile apps or TVs or embedded or displaying full screen or anything like that. They can also choose to have your video muted. I've seen many legitimate videos with legitimate uses of copyrighted material get flagged by content ID, like a movie review podcast or a music review podcast that comments on and plays a portion of the movie or soundtrack. And while the actual use may be covered under fair use in the United States, the content ID system will flag that and then you can't monetize it. Or then maybe that video can't be played everywhere simply because there's copyrighted content in it, regardless of what kind of license you might have or allowance you might have to play that content. And you can dispute a content ID claim And I have a link to that and to more information about content ID in the show notes for this episode. But failing those content ID disputes could lead to even bigger consequences with your channel. So it's something that you have to decide, is it really worth fighting this battle? Because if you lose, you could lose more than that one video. You could lose your entire channel sometimes. So number seven, content ID gives content owners control over your videos. Number eight, copyright strikes are aggressive. In extreme cases, your videos could give your channel, your entire channel, not only that one video, but your entire channel, a copyright strike. You can learn more about that from a link I have in the show notes for this episode. That copyright strike usually means the video will be removed And you'll carry that strike on your account. Even if you remove the video yourself, that doesn't remove the strike on your account. And when you have a strike on your account, that could limit other features, such as monetization or live streaming. Further abuses will then usually result in a complete closure of your account. We ran into this in a very innocent way when we were doing the International Podcast Day live stream, We scheduled these 30 live events ahead of time, and one of the titles of one of the events matched something. There was no content whatsoever there, but the title matched something else that made it look like we might be using copyrighted content in that. So instantly, that resulted in a strike, and it looked like we would not be able to live stream for International Podcast Day, which made Steve, Dave, and I really start to panic Because we'd built everything on this one channel. We wanted it all to be on this one channel. So we were very grateful that we were able to get things resolved with YouTube and got that strike removed from our account. But you might not always be able to get a strike removed because what if they realize that your use of that copyrighted content is completely illegal and so therefore your channel deserves that strike? They're not going to remove it in that case. That's number eight. Copyright strikes are aggressive. Number nine, monetization may be limited. YouTube is a monetized platform. They don't really like it when you monetize your own content 
without letting them get a piece of it. Podcast sponsorships, promoting your own products, and affiliate links can be in this kind of gray area. YouTube has already cracked down on this kind of monetization when a product or logo is displayed as part of a paid advertisement in a video, and they often crack down on this with audio-based content as well. Regardless of how you monetize your podcast, whether that's donations or ads or affiliates or anything like that, YouTube can at any time decide to ban your content from YouTube if they decide it's not in compliance with their own monetization standards. And they do have that right, by the way, because it is their own privately owned platform. So they can decide that your video shouldn't be on there or your fake video shouldn't be on there because you're making money and not letting YouTube have part of that. That's number nine. Monetization may be limited. Number 10, YouTube may flag your fake videos as spam. Most fake videos look the same. Usually that's simply the cover art. Sometimes it contains buttons or calls to action like subscribe in Apple Podcasts or visit my website or check this thing out. When YouTube sees multiple videos being uploaded regularly and they all seem to be the same, their algorithms often flag this as spam. But We really shouldn't be surprised with this. I'm not surprised because when I see this kind of thing, it really does look like spam. Here is a direct quotation from YouTube's spam, deceptive practices, and scams section of their policies. It's under the section video channel and comment spam. It says, and I quote, it's not okay to post large amounts of untargeted, unwanted, or repetitive content in videos, comments, private messages, or other places on the site. If the main purpose of your content is to drive people off of YouTube and onto another site, I'm inserting this now, whether that be your site or maybe iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher or Apple Podcasts or anything like that. So they say, if the main purpose of your content is to drive people off of YouTube and onto another site, it will likely violate our spam policies. It's not okay to post large amounts of repetitive and or re-uploaded videos to your channel. If the main purpose of your channel is to monetize other channels' content, it will likely violate our spam policies. If you believe your copyright-protected work was posted on YouTube without authorization, you may submit a copyright infringement notification. This is an exact quotation from YouTube's own policies under spam, deceptive practices, and scams. They don't want you uploading repetitive stuff. And that's what fake videos are. They look all the same. So it's very understandable that many podcasters have, not may, have actually had their content removed, banned, because it was considered spam according to YouTube's guidelines. And fake video then really runs the risk of being considered spam as well. That's number 10. YouTube may flag your fake videos as spam. And number 11 it makes your channel the little boy who cried wolf. Each time you publish audio on a video platform, it's misleading your potential audience. And as more and more of your fake videos show up in search results, at least until they're all demoted, then the people who see those things in search results will learn to not trust your channel. It's like the boy who cried wolf. Here on YouTube, you're crying, video, 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 video. But when people get in, they see, no, it's not video, it's audio, it's audio, it's audio, it's audio. So when you do finally have an actual video, no one cares anymore. And your channel might be demoted, so your actual video may not show up in search results. And I've seen this happen with some experimental channels, with actual podcasters, 
And with one of the channels that I have access to, Resurrection Revealed, a podcast from my network, with each fake video that was released, the view counts and retention got worse and worse. And thus the ranking starts to fall because of all of these and more metrics. You can look at the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash fake video. And what I did is I looked at the view counts for the first 15 episodes that were published for this podcast, 15 fake video episodes published to this YouTube channel. The first episode seems really impressive with its nearly 23,000 views. And remember, these are view counts, not actual retentions. I'll read through this complete list of view counts after episode one, that which was almost 23,000. Episode two then was 1,373. Next, 1,455. Next, 10,204. I don't know why it jumped so high. Next, 210. Next, 7,695. Next, 444. Then, 2,132. Then, 248. Then, 366. Then, 169. Then, 796. Then, 93. Then, 306. Then, 175. These numbers are going down, 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 down. It's not the direction you want to see things go. In podcasting, You'd expect these numbers to go the other way around, where they start low and then go up, 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 up as your audience grows. But on YouTube, first video, woo! All these people find this content. They think it's so exciting. Oh, man, it's a fake video. They're gone. The next video released the next week after that. So you would think that next video would rank really highly in search results, and maybe it did, maybe it didn't. I wasn't researching its search ranking back then. But the very next video has fewer than 10% of the views that that first video had. And it doesn't take long for the other videos to drop below the 500 mark, many of them being closer to 200 or 300. That's because the fake videos are crying wolf. They're not actually building an audience. So then if you ever do publish a real video on your video channel, whether that be simple talking head like from a live stream or a live video recording, or it's something much more visually engaging like an unboxing, a review, a demonstration, anything like that. If you ever do publish a real video on your channel, then having published all of these fake videos will have demoted your channel so much that your real video may never receive the attention it deserves. It's like the boy who cried wolf. When the wolf actually came... No one believed the boy anymore. And bad things happened, as most of the fairy tales and Aesop's fables end with bad things happening. This is number 11. It makes your channel the little boy who cried wolf. So these 11 reasons you should not publish audio podcasts on YouTube are, number one, the supporting reasons are mostly misunderstood and short-term. Number two, it's abusing the platform. Number three, the view stats are meaningless. Number four, engagement rates are horrible. Number five, your channels and videos rankings will be demoted. Number six, YouTube doesn't like you're making people leave. Number seven, content ID gives content owners control over your videos. Number eight, content strikes are aggressive. Number nine, monetization may be limited. Number 10, YouTube may flag your fake videos as spam. And number 11, it makes your channel the little boy who cried wolf. If you want to go back and review any of these or see some of the charts and data that I share with these, then go to the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash fake video, or you might be able to see those images inside your podcast app with a couple taps, 
or else go to the website. You'll be able to see the images there. So in conclusion, should you publish fake videos on YouTube? I think there are so many better ways to use YouTube than fake video. I did a whole episode about how podcasters can use YouTube. Go back to episode 186, or I have the link to that in the show notes for this episode. And you can learn some other ways to use YouTube. And yes, in that episode, I did talk about one way you could use YouTube is publishing fake videos. But I also said, basically, don't. That's not a good way to use it. But some of the other ways you could use YouTube would be to live stream, to make video promos, to make specialized video content, to make short snippet animations or videos of your content, and more. But if you really don't care about the YouTube platform and don't care much about its users, then go ahead and publish your fake videos on YouTube. But keep in mind the potential consequences, the potential costs, and the potential extremely low return on your investment. And your investment could be in time, in skill, or in money. Don't think it's worth it. If you're going to be on YouTube, publish actual videos, even if the video is simply talking head video. Even when I've done talking head kind of content, and what I mean by talking head is maybe I've turned on the webcam, maybe I've done a live stream, maybe I've simply looked at the phone camera and recorded a video, that kind of thing, I see the retention rates for that are much better. Now, it really depends on how good the content actually is, but retention rates for simple talking head video, I usually see to be around 40% for the majority of the video, even some very long videos I have got on my own channel for the Audacity to Podcast, where I did some live streams or screencasts, or like one of my most popular ever videos on YouTube. Actually, I think it is the most popular video I've done on YouTube is ironically a long video about time-saving shortcuts in audacity that has good audience retention about 20 to 30 percent watch the entire long video that's supposed to save them time i know the irony is all over the place with that video but then those videos where i'm showing something i'm demonstrating something it's a short video it's an unboxing it's a review it's a tutorial those videos have much better audience retention like 50 or even 60% watch the majority of the video. Now, I don't have access to other places like Written Links videos or the Honest Trailers videos or some of these other highly entertaining videos out there, but I would anticipate their retention rates are very high for all of their videos, especially because they're designed to be interesting, short, and engaging through the entire video. So, If you're going to publish fake videos on YouTube, now you know the consequences. Now you know why I think you shouldn't publish fake videos on YouTube. But like everything else in podcasting, this really is ultimately your own decision. I hope, though, that you choose not to do this. And if you're going to be on a video platform, that you would invest in making actual video so you could see far better results and get a far better return on your investment of time, skill, or money in making those real videos. I know this information is pretty controversial, and a lot of people might not like this. So if you want to comment on the show notes for this episode, share some of your data, share some of your thoughts on what I've shared here, or maybe even add to this list of why you shouldn't publish fake video on YouTube, then go to the show notes at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash fake video. That's also where you can go to share this episode out, whether it's on Facebook or Reddit or Twitter or any place where you think other podcasters might need to hear this and be informed about why they shouldn't 
publish fake video on YouTube by taking their audio podcast and making it into a fake video for YouTube. Go to theaudacitypodcast.com slash fake video. Thanks to Nabis19 from the United States and host of the Redrum Theater who wrote this kind review in Apple Podcasts saying, high five, brother. I love podcasts and have enjoyed them as a media for 10 years now. Recently, I began my own and I was looking for some wisdom in doing this well. Of all the how-to podcasts I listen to, this is the only one to survive. Great topics, current issues of podcasting, and real knowledge from a professional podcaster. I especially love when he used to review a podcast and give some helpful tips. Bring it back, brother. Now, right there in Nabs 19's review, I'm not quite sure if he's referring to my podcast because I don't do evaluations publicly. I do, however, do a monthly evaluation for one of the members of Podcaster Society where members submit their podcasts and submit a sample episode. And then we as a whole society, as well as me and the other experts in the society, look at that episode, look at the website, look at the RSS feed, and we give specific points of where that podcaster could improve. And a bunch of the other members get to watch and participate in that as well. But that's only for members of Podcaster Society, not something I do publicly. So maybe that portion of the review wasn't actually intended for the Audacity to Podcast, but for someone else's show. Nonetheless, if you're interested in getting your podcast thoroughly evaluated like that, then check out Podcaster Society because that's where I do that kind of thing along with the other experts in there. But he says, my podcast is called The Redrum Theater. We watch movies. We love movies. We were raised by movies. And you can check out his podcast at redrumtheater.com, and theater is spelled R-E at the end. The description is, two brothers talk about the movies that raised them wrong and raised them right. Along the way, they laugh, get nostalgic, and have an all-around awesome time. That's at redrumtheater, with an R-E, dot com. Thank you. Nabis19 for that kind review. And also Covert Nerd from the United States and host of Covert Nerd Podcast wrote an Apple podcast. Because of you, I've stepped out and started a hobby podcast. Right now it isn't that good, but because of you, I got the courage to at least start. I'm sure many others have done the same thing because of your work. I would encourage others like you do to just start your podcast and you can work out the details as you go. Thank you, Covert Nerd, for that kind review. And yes, I totally agree with your advice there. Start your podcast. It's better to start and improve as you go than try to make it perfect and you never start at all. And you can check out Covert Nerd's podcast at covertnerd.podbean.com. And the description is a podcast to bring out the inner nerd in all of us. Celebrate your inner nerd by uncovering books, video games, comic books, and more from the past and present and analyzing them from a nerd perspective. That's at covertnerd.podbean.com. And I have the links to both of these podcasts in the show notes for this episode at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash fake video. Please remember, if you write a review for The Audacity to Podcast in Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, mention your real name, or at least your first name, in your review if it's not obvious from your Apple ID or Stitcher ID, and mention the name of your podcast so I can give it a link a shout out and read the description of the podcast like I really enjoy doing for these others. And I like reading these reviews because I like getting to know you and I like letting you get to know others who are listening to and see how they've been improving their podcast because the ratings and reviews don't affect the ranking for the Audacity to Podcast. I'm not trying to game the system or rank the podcast better. I'm trying to get to know you better. And now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go launch and improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. 
Just don't upload it as fake video to YouTube. I'm Daniel J. Lewis from the AudacityPodcast.com. Thanks for listening. The Audacity to Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.